All right. Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Um, first, I want to apologize. I said during um, Memorial Day weekend, I was going to do two episodes. I only did one. I didn't get to it. I'm sorry. It's been very busy spring. Um, but if you do enjoy the podcast, uh, please share it with a friend that you think would enjoy it. Um, also subscribe on YouTube. It's just Apex Vaulting, or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our content, we also have an Instagram uh, page just at The Real Apex Vaulting. We are also Apex Vaulting on Facebook and Twitter. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Love getting questions, love helping people out. So that's where you can reach out. And again, please share, subscribe, leave a comment. That, that would be great. Um, this is episode 111. And today we have a guest. Um, we have Ellie Fitzgerald. Um, Ellie, do you want to tell them who you are? I'm Ellie. I'm a senior in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been pole vaulting for like two and a half years and okay. I'm going to Williams college next year. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't graduate high school yet. I have not, not yet. graduated high school yet. My, I have the latest graduation day ever. I graduate the 28th. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, Quick little background on Ellie. Um, like she said, she's in pole vaulting. She's a senior. She's going to be going to college next year. Uh, well, what's your PR? 12-1. Okay. Uh, before, her first lessons in pole vault were actually here. We did the first couple of practices. I was super excited. I was like, oh, man, this girl's going to be really good. And then what, you had to tell me something. I was moving to D.C. Washington, D.C. I was like, oh, damn. I'm like, that's going to be a rough commute for her. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to practice all the time. No, but so anyway, go down to Washington, D.C. Um, you know, I did recommend a club down there. You were jumping a little bit. Obviously, COVID happened, so it's not like you practice a lot. So but you guys end up moving back to New Jersey, and, you know, you come back to the club. I, I kind of was just anticipating. I was like, all right, you must be jumping pretty high already. What was your PR when you came back? A whopping 8.6. Yeah, 8.6. So I, I was kind of shocked. Um, but like I said, I mean, she wasn't jumping a lot, um, you know, because of COVID and everything that happened. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if everybody experienced that. Uh, so, but she comes back her junior year. And by the end of junior year, you know, you get to 12 feet, which is phenomenal. And, and before we even get into that year and talk about some of the things that we did, I just want everybody to understand that is not super common. I think when pole vaulting clubs first start to spring up in an area, sometimes that is the norm because you're getting these athletes that are jumping eight, nine, 10 feet on the girl's side or 10, 11, 12, 13 feet on the guy's side without much coaching. And so you might get these big booms of a, of a year like that, but it's, it's not the common thing. I mean, I think now at Apex, for the most part, we get a lot of people that are coming in as beginners. Um, so we're starting to coach them from the first steps. So it's like, yeah, obviously, well, you know, obviously you have a huge PR the first year, right? Like if you jump seven feet, that's a seven foot PR, but you know, then it's kind of like just training and slowly chipping away. So that was a really, really phenomenal, phenomenal year. Um, what, for you, what was it like going through that year going from eight, six to 12 for you? Like what, what, what were some of the things that you felt like you learned or discovered during that year and that process of PRing? Does anything stick out? Um, well, I definitely, it was the first time that I was disappointed PR. Wow. That was an interesting one. So I jumped eight, six at DC vault before I came. And then when we went back for the 
Halloween yeah, ball, yeah, yeah. I only jumped nine feet. Yeah, only and I was nine feet. So disappointed. Yeah. And if I was jumping at the other gym back at DC Vault, I was I would have been perfectly happy because I PR'd, but I felt like I had improved so much technically. Yeah. That only a half a foot PR really hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I think definitely too, even that that meet, because again, at that point, I think we had only been training maybe like two months or so. Um, I knew that you were gonna jump a lot higher, and I definitely knew that you had that kind of potential. But, you know, sometimes like you go into a meet, I always feel like, especially first meet, it's like 50-50. If you hit things right, maybe you have a big PR. If you don't, you don't, you know? It was raining. Did, did it rain that night? It did rain. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, I remember that day because Christina came down with us. Christina I wore Christina Lane. Spikes. That was the first time yeah. I ever put Spikes on. Right. Christina Lane, another person from the gym. She was a Division three All-American. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was an interesting trip. And so... Then I think it was not too long after that, we had a meet here. You jumped 10 six, right? Um, so it happened pretty quickly. You got to 10 six. Then, you know, there was like a lull because there wasn't really like indoor season last year. Um, what do you remember though, after 10 six and before outdoors started? Do you remember you know heighted at a meet? Do you remember our conversation after you know heighted? I don't even remember no hiding at the meet. Yeah, we had a meet here. You know, hiding. Oh, here. Yes, I do remember. That. Yeah, do you remember our conversation? <laughs> so, so Ellie's jumping, and like again, like she's she already jumped ten six, but definitely was showing promise to jump higher, and she ended up no hiding. Like it, it happens. It happens. And uh, I remember you you were looking at me, and you were like, uh, I just I think I think I get nervous at meets, and I go. Do, do you know what makes people nervous or what makes them not nervous? Their level of preparedness, you know? And I was like, if you're prepared, there's nothing to be nervous about. And I remember you looked at me, you were like, oh, that's not the answer I was looking for at the moment, <laughs> you know? Um, so what, like at that moment, right? Like you, you know, how at that meet, I tell you about being prepared. What, what did you take in from that conversation? What did that, what did that mean? I guess I needed to work harder at practice. Okay. What did that mean to you? Like, cause I, I feel like, okay, everybody says work hard, but what in that moment, what did that mean for you? That I had to pay attention more to what I was like, instead of going on autopilot during jumps, yeah. I had to pay attention to yeah. everything. So, I mean, and, and basically through this podcast, we're, we're going to be going over this like progression that Ellie went through and the different stages of like leveling up. You know, because I think and it, it was interesting today. Um, I, I had a college practice at noon and I was talking to them. I was listening to a podcast, just some entrepreneur. And he was talking about like entrepreneurship and leveling up in business. And I think the thing that people think is like, oh, well, if I achieve X, then it'll get easier. Mm -hmm. That's not how anything works, guys. So for anybody out there listening and like, I'm sure there's people because like i I literally like when you jump 12, one from a five, like some girl DM me that jumps like 11, six and she was like, Oh my God, how'd she do that? Right. So, you know, for everybody listening out there, it was like, yeah, I want to get to that level or I want to, you know, PR, or I want to have a big bust out year. Like Ellie did her junior year going from eight, six to 12. Here's the thing. There's never going to be a moment where then it gets easy. No, it requires another level up, you know, and it's going to get more difficult. Right. So I, and the example I gave with, with the college crew, I was like, imagine if your only goal, like Ellie, just imagine if your only goal was to win a dual meet. It's not very hard. Not very hard. Right. Like you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to do much, 
then like, okay, your county championship is not that hard. It's not, not super competitive, but let's say somebody wants to win counties. They're going to have to level up from just winning the dual. Then it's like, you want to win sectionals. You're going to have to level up even more, right? Like it gets more and more difficult. And I think for you, like, yeah, I, I think it's very easy. Like you said, to go on autopilot, right. As an athlete, if you have good coaching and you're at a good club, I'm sure you can just like kind of go through the motions. The coach puts you at the right step, the right grip and this and that. But then like, I, I even, I don't know if you remember this. There was a moment where you were like, I don't think I can run anything past the five. I do remember that. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. And like talking about level of focus, it was like, wait, you can't just run down the runway. You have to think about how you run. Like do you yes. walk, walk, walk people through that experience of like learning how to run. You know what I mean? Like uh, explain that a little bit. Well, it was crazy because at gymnastics, you just ran as fast as you could, no technique whatsoever, and went for it. And you have to be so precise on where you land every time that I struggled. I struggled really hard with it. Yeah. Like I went, I would go from a five and I'd be able to jump every time. And then I'd go back from a six and I'd run through every time. Yeah. And it took a lot of just getting consistent and focusing Mm-hmm. on how I run rather than just the speed at which I run it. I, I would go even further. It's not just how you run. Cause obviously like, you know, we could, we can make the rest of this podcast just about front side mechanics, right. But running front side, but it's not just about that. It's about setting up the run and opening up the run and making sure that you're, you're going to be able to set up takeoff. Cause even, I think I told you this year, like I got a phone call from a mom in Texas or whatever has a daughter that is having run through issues and she's a 12, six vaulter. And I mean, that's good. Listen, I know there's like some 12 year old girl jumping 15 feet somewhere right now. That's probably happening, but 12, six is still really good. Okay. So it's like, if a 12, six girl is running through and the mom wanted to know my perspective on why I think that's happening. And I think a lot of times, like, like you described in gymnastics, like you just ran down, you didn't think about it. So the only thing you feel as the athlete is your foot speed. You're like, oh, my feet are moving quick enough. This must be good. But it's like, no, you can actually, like, when you start to concentrate on frontside running mechanics, setting up a run, opening up your run, and then setting up takeoff, now you have way more control. You have way more feeling and awareness, and that's going to prevent those run-throughs. But it's like, it took that level of focus. So now, you know, you're at 10-6, and you're realizing, wait, I have to focus more in practice. I can't just go autopilot. Which that led to, well, do you, do you remember the next big PR? 11-7. Yeah. Was I at that meet? You were not. I was not at that meet. Can you explain how that happened? So, what was it? I don't remember what counties. It must have been, no, conference. I think it was conference? the conference meet. Yeah. So, it was the conference meet. And it was the first time I had jumped outdoors because I didn't have any partners. So, I couldn't do right. any of the relays. Yeah. Because in New Jersey, a lot of the early season stuff, you need a relay partner. She doesn't have a relay partner. So, she's got to wait for individual stuff. Yeah. So, I went. And the last time I had jumped, I actually, I don't know if you remember, I went to nationals. Yes. So I jumped 12. That, that was indoors. 10. Yeah. 10. Indoors, indoors 10. Yeah. Indoors 10. And so I was expecting like a little PR. I was like 10, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not 10, six, 11. Because yeah, I already yeah. jumped 10, right. six. And I went and you coached me on a phone through, through text. text. Yeah. And I cleared 11. And I was like, okay. Yeah. That actually felt kind of good. Right. And then 
you're like 11, seven. I was like, 11, seven. What is 11, seven? I didn't even know. Right. Cause in my mind, I was just like, like, let's go an inch above 11, six. It'll put you better in the state. And I was like, that's such a weird number. I had no, I, I was so new. I didn't even know what, like, this was like my first actual meet. Right. Like a a legit legit high school for your high school. Yeah. And I had no idea what the rankings were or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But I cleared 11, seven. And yeah. So you had over a foot PR. Foot so I had inch. a foot and one inch. Yeah. And that was crazy. That yeah. was really exciting. Yeah. I still have that on my phone. I have that video. And I was like thinking about posting in and not maybe after this podcast now I'll post it because people will maybe want to see the backstory. But yeah, I think also when you're being coached and you're not just on autopilot and you start to understand more and you start to understand the system and process that your coach is using, now things like being coached via text are possible. Not that hard. Yeah, it's not that hard. Like you put mid marks down for me. You had somebody record from the right spot and get the whole run and take off. And so I was able to give back feedback like, hey, upper grip back a half or, hey, you didn't jump up enough or whatever. And you were able to take that in. And and that led to that 11-7 day where, again, I think for everybody who's listening to this, who, again, is like, Oh my gosh, I want to have a bust out year. I'd like to PR a foot two feet next year. But it wasn't even like that the whole season. Right. Do you remember what happened the next two meets? Maybe not, but let me finish my thought and we'll go there. But like, so if you're looking for that bust out, like you need to understand how you're jumping a lot more, you know? Um, are you talking about counties or? The next two meets, I jumped well under 11.7. I think I you jumped, jumped 11, 11, but I might've yeah. even jumped 10, six at one of them. Yeah. I think. Well, and this is where also you were doing other events and stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the other thing too, is like, you're obviously going to have some ups and downs. It's not just, you know what I mean? Like you, you have a foot an inch PR, like, well, that's, you're not going to PR another foot the next, minute, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you hadn't told me that, like not going straight up the entire time is fine. I would have been like, what is happening here? But I just wasn't that consistent yet. I mean, mm-hmm. I am a lot more consistent this year than I was yes. last year. And tiny things were messing me up. Like also, I never got down about anything. Like I kept practicing and no, like I felt like I was still getting better, even though I was jumping worse, you might say. Right. So like, okay, so you jumped that 11, seven day, let's say you had a meet at 11, 10, six, whatever the case may be. Cause I, I think I do remember now. Yeah. We did have a 10, six, like before sectionals, but like, yeah, I think this is again, from a coaching perspective, I think you have to do a good job of explaining stuff to your athletes about the process. And you know, th- there's this idea of like beginner gains in the lifting world, right? Like obviously when you're a beginner, you've never lifted before your number is going to go through the roof. Like you might deadlift your first day, only like a hundred pounds. And then by the end of the three months you hit 250. but that's like beginner gains. Now you're at kind of like a more realistic number. Now the percentage points that you're going to increase are going to lower. Right. And this is normal. And I think the same thing happens in the pole bowl. Like when you get those beginner gains, like, like when you went from eight, six to 10, six, that's a big jump already. So we're not going to be PRing, you know, two feet every single time. Now we go to a meet. Then it's like, okay, now you got to 11, seven, that's a foot, but you see, that's a decrease, right? Like we only PR by a foot instead of two feet now. And so then, you know, I mean, let's talk about the 12 foot day, right? So you've been jumping now like 11, 11, six at the, uh, the sectional and group meets, um, walk us through that 12 foot day. Like, were you expecting 12 at meet champs? No, 
Not at all. Okay. I was not, especially when I saw so many girls go through to 12, I was like, well, that's it. Like I'm not placing. Mm -hmm. And then. No, I mean, I just, I'm shocked that you're saying that because I, first of all, as we go through this podcast, I have some stories about you and you are a very competitive person. So no, I can't I believe very you thought that that's it. Like, I can't believe well, that. I didn't think that's it. But my dad actually calls it. So in gymnastics, you only have two attempts at a ball. Okay. And so he calls my third jump, my bonus jump. Oh, he yells okay. out bonus jump. And so like, that's the way that like, I'm like, Oh, like that's how like, it's a calm down, like a third jump. Okay. It's like, it's just a bonus try. Right, right. So like right. do all the technique right. Don't yeah. worry about it because mm-hmm. it's the last try. And I don't know. And when I went for the 12, I mean Yeah. Well, so I had some good attempts the first two attempts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so just to also explain, right? A little like bit. Six hours of jumping. I was oh, shaking. Yeah, me to champs was so long that year. Because I think there was like 40 something girls competing. Girls. We're also in South Plainfield. And I don't know what people would say, but I know. The South Plainfield runway on the outside of the track is a little bit downhill. So everybody always gets on a little bit bigger poles, a lot of PRs. That's in what you South told me. That's, that's what I was hanging on. Yeah. Like you're like, you can PR at this meet because yeah. it's downhill. Yeah. Well, but it's it's because I've seen it so many times. And, and it's so funny, right? Like that year, you know, Ellie was hitting like 42, maybe a 43 mid on a, on a really, really good run, right? And she comes down at this last attempt for 12 and she hit like 45, 45, six. And I was like, Oh no, I was like, that is way too far out. But you could just see like, she kept the tip up, kept her, she's lefty. So she kept her right hand up. She didn't let the right hand drop and she stayed tall and jumped up on it. And I was like, and then, you know, you cleared, it was what amazing day, amazing jump. And definitely like a little bit like, jumping out of your pants, you know, like you, uh, above expectation. So that, that was really awesome. I think you placed what fourth or fifth. I don't fourth. know. Fourth. Um, so fourth that meet the champs, really great result. And now what do you do? So, okay. Oh so, my God. After that meet, I was like, that was so hard. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Like I finished jumping and I didn't tell anybody, but I was like, there's no way I can jump any higher than that. Like that was so hard i mean it might have been the fact that i was jumping for six hours but i was shaking and i was tired but like even like not being tired like that jump felt hard it was like it felt like that was the best i could do right right and i and i do think so this is something that's interesting I, i feel like a lot of times like when i go to meets with athletes like we're really always trying to squeeze it out we're trying to get every inch out and i think sometimes that's almost a negative meaning like the way people watch us at meets, like from our club apex, I think they see a lot of other people jumping and then, Oh my God, that person can jump a foot higher. And maybe they can, but I, for me, I'm kicking myself when I go home. I'm like, I can't believe we didn't jump higher. And whereas like, sometimes for us, like we're really like, you know, we're getting every little bit of grip that we can get. We're getting on as big a pole as we can. We're bringing the standards in. We're, we're squeezing out every inch on the runway. Yeah. And you're, you're going to clear that last bar by just a little bit. And it's like, you're really squeezing it out for that day. Now, going back to earlier in this podcast, what I really liked was like, you were like, Hey, I really realized after I jumped 10, six, I had to start to focus at practice and really understand the technique and really under, start to understand the system and level up from a technical standpoint and a mental standpoint. What would you say going into the summer? What was, what was the next level up? Like what, what, what did we add there? 
during the summer, I realized that I wasn't eating right and that I needed to start lifting. So I was almost getting weaker because, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely peaked. I was a level nine gymnast, so I was mm-hmm. strong before going into it. I was not getting stronger. So I think mm-hmm. towards the end of the season, I was almost getting weaker. Right. And I, th- and I think, look, like you said, you're a level nine gymnast. You came in in great shape. Um, you're definitely strong, like for, for like the average person, like very strong. And, you know, you just needed to learn technique, but you're getting to kind of the end of like what your natural or like, let's say gymnastic abilities could get you. And now it's like the training needed to start. And that started to become important. I think also, you know, what I love about here and the culture is like, you just, you look around, there's always someone doing something crazy. Like I'm sure for you, it was inspirational to watch someone like Alexis or Kendra who are already lifting and like, you know, Kendra's doing an 80 pound pull up and you're like, I guess that might be something I need to do, you know? And so I, I think the first step was like, you were really starting to lift a lot. And I remember we went to an early season um, summer meet where you jumped from a five and you almost jumped like 11.6 or 11.7. I think and it might have been. I was gripping the same thing I did from a 12 and I was only like one or two poles down. Down, yeah, from a five. So I was like, oh my God, we're going to knock summer out. Like this is going to be ridiculous, right? And, you know, later that summer, so it must have been like at least two, three weeks down the road. Beach ball. Yeah, we go to Jersey Beach Ball in Atlantic City. And I'm watching you jump and I, and you know, and I had been noticing for a couple of weeks at practice, I'm like, I don't know, like Ellie just looks lethargic now. And I warned one of my high school kids yesterday, Christian, don't forget. I said, you know what ruins summer training? Sleep. Cause so many high school kids, right? Like during the school year, it's like they're in bed by 10, 11, I hope. And then, you know, they got to wake up early for high school and they're, they're kind of a little bit more regimented with their sleep. And then summer hits and, you know, the first couple of weeks, you're like, well, you know, I don't have to go to bed at 11. I can maybe, you know, I get to sleep in. So I'm, I'm you know, I'll play a little bit of video games or I'll, I don't know, Snapchat with somebody. I, I don't know what the hell people are doing. Right. But they're staying up later and midnight slowly turns into 1 a.m. 1 a.m. turns into 2 a.m. Now you're sleeping in. So mathematically, you're like, no, but Bronco, I'm getting eight hours. I'm telling you, if you're listening, getting eight hours of sleep from three or four o'clock in the morning on is not the same as if you went to sleep at 10 o'clock. It's just not. So who knows? I'm like, in my mind, like maybe Ellie's not going to get in good sleep. Like that's possible. But we get to beach ball and I'm just like, man, like it looks so hard for her to run down the runway. And that's when we had the nutrition talk. So, and listen, I think there's a lot of people in the pole vault community that I don't think think about weight and nutrition properly. Their first thought is like, you got to get lighter. Everybody's always like, you got to get lighter. Don't wait. I literally got a DM from a former professional pole vaulter who was like, no, no. If you get too strong in pull-ups and you gain weight, you're going to jump lower, which I'm telling you, it's nonsense. But anyway, what was our conversation about nutrition? Do you remember? It's mostly focused on protein intake. So I had started lifting, but I wasn't replenishing anything. Yeah. I was eating. Just normal. Just normal, whatever I wanted to eat. Yeah. And, and it's like, it wasn't a talk about eat less. It was more kind of like eat more. You need to make sure you're, in, you're increasing your protein intake. You know, one of the things that we talk about at the club is like, roughly 80% of your body weight in grams of protein. So if you weighed hundred pounds, which 
most people don't, but imagine just for easy math, you weighed hundred pounds, you need 80 grams of protein, which all of a sudden, again, you go through that math on your daily intake. It's like, if you did an egg for breakfast, that's seven grams. Okay. Let's say you had a sandwich with meat in it. Maybe that's 20 grams. You're at 27. Let's say you eat a whole chicken breast for dinner. You're, you're only up to 57 grams. You're, you're over 20 grams off right? From what you need, if you weighed a hundred pounds, never mind now, if you don't weigh a hundred pounds, you need more than that. So it's like, that starts to become a thing that you have to really concentrate on. And it, it I'm sure at the beginning, it must've been hard, right? Was that like work just to eat enough? Yeah. 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 And, and to not get bored of what you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. You, so again, this idea of leveling up, it's going to get harder every step. Like you know, it, it's so funny. Sometimes people are like, but Bronco, I can't eat more. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And, and again, for all those people out there like, well, I don't want my pole vaulter to gain weight. Guys, the only way your vaulter is going to gain bad weight is if they're eating ice cream and pizza all the time, which shocker doesn't have a lot of protein. So that's, that's, not, the, that's not what I'm talking about. If you're eating healthy and you're eating protein, it is literally you will you will not want to eat more. You know, you're gonna get to that point. And I and I think that's the next level up is like, okay, I'm eating because I'm an athlete and I need this so that I can perform. And I I think, what was it, like two, three weeks after that talk, again, the performance started to come back. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like surprisingly, like exactly after that two or three week mark, I Start, yeah. Even just practice got a mm-hmm. lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we'll next go into her fall training and what really happened this year that kind of threw, you know, a wrench into everything and we had to kind of scramble, but I wouldn't even call it scrambling. I mean, we just did what we needed to do, but like, um, I think it's funny cause I, I could tell even like, you know, you were disappointed at beach ball and I'm having this protein talk with you and your mom and I was talking about it and I could see even in your eyes, you're like, I don't know, I guess I'll try it. But like, this is kind of sounding like bullshit to me. (laughs) And right. It's like, it's so crazy. And then it's like two weeks on the dot, three weeks on the dot. It was like, all of a sudden you're starting to get on really big poles in practice. It's getting easier to jump. The lifts are getting easier because now you actually fueling, you're fueling your body, you know? So do do you remember in the fall, what poles you started getting on from a five even? I don't see this. This is why guys, I have these clipboards, right. And I write everything down. Plus I have a crazy memory. Um, so you, you were starting to get them like 13, 40, 45 from the five, which going back to the year before you jumped 12 on the 13, 45. Yeah. From a seven, from a seven. And now she's getting on these from a five. I'm like, Oh man. I'm like, this is, we're going to kill it. You know? And now, you also did something else in the fall. Do you remember? High school gymnastics. High school gymnastics. And so now he, here's the thing. Like I'm personally a little bit crazy with my training. A lot of it doesn't even make sense. Um, as Lily was telling someone tonight, she's like, I think Bronco just likes to feel like he's dying when he works out. Um, and a lot of times I push it. And I create injuries for myself, you know, uh, I actually haven't sprained my back in a long time, but it's not uncommon. Um, I think last time I sprained my back was actually like a year ago next week. Cause I was doing this summer camp. Not that often. Just all. once a year. More than once, once a year. Once a year is not bad. 
But anyway, so, but anyway, so I, I remember Just one time. Just snapping a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I have a, so like, if, all right, we don't even say it. But anyway, so like, I remember one time specifically like deadlifting and I was coming back from injuring my back and Ellie's like watching me. She's like, you really shouldn't do another set. Like you should be careful. And I'm like, Ellie, don't worry. Right. And I just, and I didn't get hurt that night, but anyway, then all of a sudden I start to notice like halfway through fall, man, like, I feel like she's favoring one side, you know, this is not, and this is where as a coach, you have to pay attention. Athletes aren't going to always tell you when something hurts. You have to pick up on these like little things, you know, like if somebody's getting off the mats and they're grabbing a certain body part, or you know what I mean? Like, it's like, mm, maybe their shins hurt, maybe the hamstrings tight or whatever. I'm always kind of watching this. I said, Ellie, you know, everything right? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah, no, I'm fine. And you're like, and then, fi- then finally. I think I told you that it hurt, but only if I stepped well, on what hurt? my ankle. Okay. But I was like, but if I step on it the right way, it doesn't hurt. It only hurts if I step on it the wrong way. <laughs> and I was like, Ellie, I think I'm rubbing off on you too much. I'm like, you're starting to sound like me, you know? I'm like, you sure? And I was like, dude, we should take some time off. We should take some time off. Nope, I'm good. She kept going. And, um, well, I mean, you had a great gymnastics season, right? I, I made it to States. Yeah. Even though I was out of gymnastics for two years. Right. Yeah. And, and normally it's like the only girls that make it to New Jersey state meet at the high school level are club gymnasts. It's people that are spending like hours and hours. How many hours a week do club gymnasts spend in the gym? Like a week, 20, 20 hours. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's, she had a great season, but now your foot's starting to bother really, really hurts. So I feel like it was like end of November, beginning of December. Mm-hmm. We had to stop vaulting. I think I stopped like the week before winter break. Cause then I took winter break mm-hmm. as like a break. Right. Right. And then in January, we still didn't jump. So we're not jumping. It's January winter track started. We're not jumping at all, at all, at all. So she ends up not jumping at all. She did jump. Like one practice and we went to one meet. Yeah. Sectionals then didn't jump. And then we still didn't jump after that. Now here's the thing, you know, fast forward, because we're going to go back to what happened during that time period, but she's got this injury ends up being, we find out it was a stress fracture was going to become a stress fracture, whatever it was. Um, But she, you know, she had this injury in her ankle. She still ends up PRing, jumping 12-1. I mean, it's a small PR, but PRs are PRs. She jumps to 12-1. She jumps 12 at meet champs. You end up placing second in the state. You know, how, right? Because I'm sure people listening out there have either coached an athlete that's had to go, go through something like this, or they are an athlete that may go through this or have gone through this. How do you end up having an injury and basically missing December, January, February, I and like March? Four or five right? months I was out. Yeah. So I never fully, fully stopped. Right. Um, but you don't jump and you still end up PRing and then doing well at the state meet. How do you end up doing that? Um, well, for one, my big advice to everybody all the time with injuries, you know, is like you don't want to ever completely stop everything. Obviously, whatever hurts, don't do what hurts, right? Um, but you could typically find either a range of motion that doesn't hurt, exercises that don't, don't hurt. Obviously, like this was an ankle injury. You know what doesn't hurt? Pull-ups. Pull-ups don't hurt your ankle. It's weird. Uh, you know, so you could you can kind of work around the injury 
and make sure the rest of your body is as strong and fit as possible so that when you do come back, you can start at a higher level. I think the worst thing that anybody could ever, ever do is they just completely take off, stop working out at all. Some people even like, I mean, talk about like for people concerned about diet, they throw their diet out and start having ice cream and pizza all the time because they're like, whatever, I'm not training, you know? Um, or I think even on the flip side, some people end up getting way too skinny. Like they completely lose their muscle mass. Right. And so now when you come back, oh, good luck. I don't know what poles you're getting on, but they're not going to be the same. What did you do instead? You know, you didn't just, I mean, I don't even remember you missing like a week of practice. What, what, walk us through like what, what a week was like for you. So I still came to every practice and right. I'd get here. And I think I might've done pole drops. Right. Yeah. You definitely then, did pole drops. So I did pole drops. I stretch pole drops and then I go to the back by myself mm. and I lift for the whole practice. And yeah. so I do deadlifts, pull-ups and bench. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you did like leg lifts and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. No, like, and like yeah. core stuff and yeah. stuff like, but my main were like deadlift, pull-ups and bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, those are things that didn't hurt her, kept her strong. I also think not for nothing. I think if we want to talk about, I, I hate talking about the mental aspects sometimes because people jump to mental stuff, but I think mentally, psychologically speaking, I think just continuing to be around a training group, continuing to be around the sport in some level and fashion is really motivating. You know what I mean? Cause like you come in, you're like, wow, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I feel like ahead. I had, I didn't feel like I had missed out on practice. Right. Right. Well, certainly not physically. I mean, like you, you were training your butt off, but I, I think also it's like, you still get that camaraderie with the people they train with like Calvin, Lily, Alexis, you know, whoever. And it's like, you stay involved, you know, and it's on your mind. Cause I think when you just step away, your mind can go off to a million different other things. You could all of a sudden start being like, well, oh, should I even do this anymore? Maybe I should just quit. Yeah. I could just quit. You know, whereas like, this is inspiring and motivating. I think the other thing is too, like obviously here we've had plenty of athletes over the years who have gone through injury issues. Like, like you practice with Lily, Lily's had injury issues. And so you could talk to someone like her and she'd be like, Hey, this is how I got through it. This is what I did when I had a similar issue, you know, maybe not as the same exact injury, but just not being able to pull, you know? And I don't know. I mean, what do you think? How did, how did that help you just even from the psychological perspective? Well, I even like looking back at it now, I'm still, I guess because I never stopped going to practice, I felt like I needed to get better. Mm -hmm. Like, because I never stopped, my mindset was still like, I can't get worse. Like when I got back into things, I was like, like when I got back into like actually competing, yeah, I yeah. was like, there was no reason why I should be jumping lower than I was before. Right. Because I never stopped. And I got, maybe I didn't get better in my technique aspect, but I got stronger. So I was like, well, I, I should. I think the technique did get better. Because I did zeros. Yeah. So, I mean, for those of you that don't know, zeros, you start with the pole in the box. You literally, there's no running. So it's not going to hurt her ankle. Did it in a boot. Yeah. And, and she could just, you know, use her upper body and work through the jump upper body wise. So I feel like even in some ways, you know, not saying it's good that you get injured, but the positives you can take away is like, okay, now you can hyper-focus on these other things that you wouldn't sp ever spend this much time at, at this basic fundamental drill. Mm -hmm. And now you can, because you can't do anything else. 
So it's like, I, I felt like a lot of times, like your technique actually did improve. I think if anywhere the place, and we kind of talked about it a little bit tonight was like, maybe your run wasn't there. You know what I mean? Because you couldn't run, you know, and even once you started jumping, I mean, you, we had to be very careful with your foot because a little bit too much and it would start to hurt again, you know? Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I think those are all good points. I mean, that, that motivation of being like, okay, well, I, I gotta be ready when it's time to come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so now do you remember your first meet, what approach you ran from? A four. Yeah. I ran from a four and I cleared 11. Yeah. But I was 11. pretty close at 11 six. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so again, for people listening, I think the mistake that you can make is going too fast too soon. Meaning like if you go to your, if someone's first meet, they've been out for a while. Listen, I don't care what level they're at. I don't care what their PR is, but the, you don't have to do a full approach. And a lot of times if like, I don't know, I feel like, if, like, imagine we try to seven first meet out. I would not have been able to get the steps right for one. Well, yeah, I think that would have been really hard. I think also the thing is like, let, let's say because this, the run fell off or whatever. And now I think it'd be a lot harder to get on a big enough pole from a seven, right? Right off the get. Cause I think, I think you jumped 11 with like a 13, 30 or 35 from a four. And so it's like, you're not, you're not going to jump 11 on a 1335 from a seven, that's just not going to happen. So you might not catch up on poles. And now you, now you jump from a seven, let's say you jump 10 or 10, six, you'd be like, wow, I really, I'm way off. Whereas 11 from a four, you're like, holy shit, I go back a left. I'm going to go at least 11, six. I go back, right. You start doing mental math. You're like, this is adding up. This, this makes sense. Um, I mean, how did you feel after jumping 11 from a four? I mean, it, it felt good to get back into things. I was like, I should have jumped higher. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I mean, I guess it was just because I got so close to that 11.6. Right, right. That I really wanted to get it. But I mean, it was definitely encouraging that right. I cleared like a good bar. Right. Because yeah. I was worried that I'd come back and be like, what is pole vaulting? Right. But right. no, it was, and a four was good because it wasn't that far back to what I've been doing in practice. I've yeah. done some twos. I think I did one, three before the meet. Yes. And so I could figure out the plant. It took me a second to get the plant yeah. back, but I mean, it was, it was exciting. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I think a couple things from there, I mean, I think one, you know, that idea of like, Oh my God, did I forget how to pull bolt? Right. Like I feel like people are always nervous in the pole bolt because it's such a technical event. And I think also like going back to the example of like people who run through a lot and stuff like that, who maybe are not very conscious and aware of the run and the takeoff. I think if you're one of those people that kind of jump in the dark, it's very easy to be like, Oh my God, I, I can't take off anymore. I'm just going to run through all the time. Well, those people don't really know what they're doing and they're probably all always or almost always doing full approaches that's not much of a process so either you can do it or you can't yeah whereas like by being able to do shorter stuff and like 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 you said you had only done a three at practice that was the furthest approach you did before that first meet going to four we didn't do anything further back and i think the rest of the season the furthest you jumped from in practice was a four yeah i don't think we even did a five right no and i did like one or two fours. Yeah. Yeah. Like four left session or four, right. Four right sessions. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, when you have a process like that, you don't have to do the full, right. You don't have to do your full approach. You don't have to be trying to PR. 
but you have one training numbers. Like you knew your pull-ups were awesome. You had hit 75 pound pull-ups, you know? Um, I know you weren't maybe happy with your deadlift numbers, but they were, they were kind of improving, you know, they're getting there. Um, you know, then you also know what grips and poles you're getting on from these shorter approaches, which, you know, are going to yield X number when you go back. So you kind of have these numbers where it's like, yeah, maybe until you actually do it, you're not hundred percent sure, but you're like, okay, like I'm not going to jump nine at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you have an idea. So we, you know, you jumped 11 from a four. Then the next meet we go back to a five, which how did that go? Is that the 12 one meet? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That went really well. Yeah. 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 Well, do you want to describe that at all? Like, do you want to explain it? Give it your spin. Um, well, I basically, well, I went back to a five mm -hmm. and I got on the same hole and the same grip that I jumped 12 the year before. Mm -hmm. And I cleared 11 six and I went back and I was like, 11 six is better than I did last week. Right. But I was like staring at the 12 and but I would not be happy if I went home yeah, jumping yeah, yeah. 11 six and I went and I jumped 12, 12, one, one. Yeah, 12, yeah. one. And I think I was more excited to jump 12, one this time than I was at me the champs because I, I had come back. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, for a long time in the middle, like when I was injured, I felt like a fraud. I was like, I don't jump 12 feet. Like everybody knows me as like the 12 foot jumper, but like, I don't know if I can jump 12 feet anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so when I jumped 12 from a five, I was like, okay. So it all paid off. Like all the lifting yeah. and the small technique mm -hmm. work paid off. And it was a big confidence boost, if nothing else. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, look, for everybody listening, you can't ever guarantee results, right? Or especially like when they're going to happen. Right. Cause a lot of times like you're putting in work, you don't get the result. You're putting in work. You don't get the result. You're putting in work. You don't get the result. And it's, you want to give up. But the thing is, if you can keep pushing, it all will work out in the end. If you could keep your foot on the gas and just keep grinding, it will work out. You just, you have to kind of have faith in the process that it's going to work out. And I totally get what you're saying about like feeling like a fraud. Like when you jump 12 the first time, Cause I think sometimes people can kind of get on a roll and certain things happen, but especially if you're not like, kind of like when you were talking about the run, right? Like in gymnastics, you just ran down. You didn't know what happened. Right. It's like, well, if you don't actually know what you did to accomplish a goal, yeah. you can can't, you, can you replicate it? Yeah. You can't copy it because you don't have the recipe. Like I always use the example of people. It's like, it's like, imagine like you didn't measure anything out. You didn't have a recipe book. You just kind of like, just threw stuff together and wow, dinner turned out phenomenal. The problem is how do you recreate that? You didn't measure anything out. You don't have a recipe to follow. You just threw stuff together. You have no idea if you could do that again, right? Whereas like when, you know, especially I think this is where coaching comes in like huge. Coaches need to have that recipe book. You have to have that coaching recipe book. So you can say to your athlete, no, 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 no. We have the recipe. We know how this jump is created. This is how you do it. You know, um, obviously I think, you know, it was awesome too, to PR from five, you know what I mean? Um, which that, that showed great promise. Um, and then, you know, we get to meet a champs. Well, I, why don't you talk about me champs? It was so windy. 
that's what I'm going to take. Not, that's not the only thing I'm going to take away, away from uh, Muta Champs, but I was, I was feeling so, I was feeling pretty confident going into Muta Champs because everybody else, there were four of the jumpers who jumped 12, mm-hmm. but I felt like I had 12 down. Mm-hmm. Like by now, I mean, I hadn't consistently jumped 12, but I consistently jumped 12, six and I knew 12, six, 11, 11 six. six. Sorry. I've got a number thing. And, <laughs> um, I felt that I could jump 12, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I showed up and it was so windy mm-hmm. and we had talked about the week before going from a seven Yeah, and we didn't even talk about it in warm up. I just went from a six just cause I had done it. Well, I'd only well, done it warm, twice now. Warm ups were pretty hectic. Yeah, we were not going to have time to really go back to a seven and try it. And especially I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, if you tried it and it didn't work, we're definitely not going to have time to go back to a six. And then we're going to take too many jumps. And I'm just like, let's just stay at a six. Because I hadn't had any experience at a seven since Mito Champs the year before. Right, right. Um, But oh my goodness, then the 11 foot, that nearly gave me a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... That was interesting, right? Because you came down, I mean, huge blow through at 11. Um, we ended up going up a grip, back a half, up a pole. So you went to the 13, 45, and you were gripping 12. Then you come down, you had huge height, and you nicked it on the way down. Then I was on my third attempt at 11. Yeah. And I was one gust away from <laughs> Right, because it was, away. yeah, like if the, if the wind takes the pole and stuff like that, which... I mean, we had talked about in warmups, even like, hey, try to keep the tip a little bit lower. And really, you got to make sure you're gripping the pole with that bottom hand so you can like fight the wind. Um, the other thing from my coaching perspective, like when you had that much height and you nick it on the way down, I mean, like, sure, I could move the standards in, which we did. But then it's also like, well, you can still come down on it again. But it's like, how much do you grip down? Because it's like a lot of times you grip down. And then the person blows through. So I think we gripped down two fingers, um, which obviously like you ended up clearing 11 with that. Yeah. Um, you know, which even like, and you remember I told you, I was like, listen, you got to like keep working through the whole jump. Part of the reason you even came down on it on the second attempt was like, you didn't pull through the turn. You kind of just were letting go, you know? Um, but that was a relief at that point. It's a big relief. Yeah. And then... 12 6 on the first attempt. 11 6. Oh my God. This girl. I swear I can't do numbers. Tomorrow she's going to tell people she jumps 14 6. Yes. Uh- <laughs> I got 11 6 on the first attempt. Yes. Um, and then I came on to 12. Mm-hmm. And the girl bef- before me cleared on the first attempt. Yes, she cleared on the first attempt. And at this point, we're probably down to the last five or six girls in the competition. So you definitely meddled. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, I think we had certain ideas in our head about how you could finish. Um, so we already know, like, now this first attempt at 12 is important. It's very important. Yeah. And I went, and I felt like I was way over it, and I hit it on the way down. Yeah, nicked it on the way down, so we got a miss. So already now in my head, I'm like, oh, man, we got to jump, you know, 12-6. You got a PR, yeah. you know. Um, so... You know, that at that point, I think I brought the standards all the way into 18, you know, second attempt to come down on it again. So now you told me to get down half of a finger. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, listen, I can't have her blow through, 
but I got to help this pole move a little bit. I'm like, grip down a half a finger. And I remember there was like some boy on the boys pit. Like he definitely like, he like looked at me like, I look at you like, what? What's I'm like, dude, half just, just a half a finger. That's it. Just like, a smidge. Just a smidge. This little tiny. Yeah. And um, you cleared. Still hit it on the way down. You still did hit it on the way down. You still hit it on the way down. Um, but you cleared and, uh, it's on Instagram. If you didn't see slow motion, um, and exciting. yes, no, I mean, I love re- your reactions. You, you always get fired up. And I, I think, you know, it was funny, uh, speaking about being fired up and then we'll, we'll get to the finish of this meet, but like, uh, I remember someone yesterday was like, Bronco, do you get excited to go to meet a champs or is it just like not important to you? And I go, you know, it's funny that you ask me that um, because it was like Saturday morning. I was driving to the club to pick up the poles. I had like packed them already. I just needed to put them on my truck. And so like I'm driving to the club and, you know, like I was like, you know, you feel stuff in your belly, you know, and I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, I get it. It's high school state championship. In the whole grand scheme of things, we're just, it's pole vault, it's track. It's not right. Like, it's not that big a deal. I get it. I get it. But if it's not important to you, why are you doing it? And it's just, it is. It's just important. I get excited. I also, even like, let's say on some level, if I was like, well, you know, it's not important to me. I've coached these meets so many times. I know how important it is for her. I know how important it was for Alexis for Rob, you know, who were at the meet, Kyle, right? Casey. Casey. Yeah. Casey was there. You know, I know how important it is for them, you know, and, and I know what I'm about to say sounds a little bit corny, but I think it's so, so true. If you're a good coach, the most important person in the world is the person who's on the runway at the time. Period. Period. So like, you know, you bring up Casey. Yeah. When Casey was jumping at nine, that was very, very important. You know, because I know how much it means for her, right? Like for you, nine feet would not mean that much. But for Casey, nine feet is important. Nine, six is important. Ten. If she jumps, when she jumps ten, oh my God, it's like, that's going to be a party. You know what I mean? Like, because it's important for her. And for you, states is important, you know? So it's like, even, you know, still driving to that meet that morning, I was, you know, definitely super excited, you know? My dad, one of my dad, oh, I just got bit. One of my dad's favorite things about you is your reactions after every single jump my dad my dad watched the video of me jumping 12 and he was looking at you <laughs> he was like bronco knew it stayed on before it even stopped yeah, bouncing yeah, yeah. he was already celebrating yeah, yeah, yeah. or even when i missed and it's like the, oh. yeah yeah and he loves to watch your reactions because you do care about every jump yeah well tell him i said thank you but like i mean that that, that to me i mean like again if if you don't you know what I mean? Like I, and listen, I get it. A lot of people love to use the iPad, but like one of my pet peeves is this, right? I'll see these coaches. They're like, first of all, they're not even actually like live watching the jump. They're just like iPadding it regardless of clear or, or, or miss. Is there anything more like anticlimactic? You know what I mean? Like what? Like, you know, like, for me, it's always like, look, you should get somebody else in video. You got to have some kind of reaction, something to say to the athlete afterwards. And then if you have to go check that video again, and then, you know, I, I've never really felt the issue of like checking the video, maybe if I feel the need to, and then be like, hey, you know what? Let's actually do this instead. Let's make that, you know, I mean, obviously it's not 
wildly different. It's not like, did I say go up a pole? I meant go down too. You know, like it's not something crazy like that, but you know, so I, I think you, you gotta be, you gotta be up for it. Um, send for 12, six. I mean, cause the standards were 18. Um, I'm kicking myself now because obviously hindsight is 2020 and what we did didn't work, but I but tried it, was, to, it was the right move. It just didn't. I think it made logical sense. Like we tried a seven, went back to a seven to try to get on a bigger pole, you know, cause I don't know that we would have gotten on a bigger pole from a six. Cause again, standards were 18. She came down on 12. Um, again, there is that thought process of like, you know, it's like a little like, quantum mechanics or uh, quantum physics, a little bit of string theory. You can maybe grip down two fingers, you blow through and then go up a pole. Like maybe, maybe there's a slight possibility. Um, and I'd just be doing like an 18 inch push off. It'd be no issue. I think that would be awesome. Uh, but anyway, so we go back to a seven. It didn't work. You play second. Um, how'd you feel? Yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit pissed myself too. <laughs> um, but the thing is too, and I think, so I'm, cause I'm going to go back in time now. I don't know if you remember this. I apologize. Don't be embarrassed, but a couple Sundays prior, a couple Sundays prior, you know, you had jumped 12, one, like about like a month ago, whatever. And you practice on a Sunday with Kendra She's one of my college girls, jumps 11, 11, three quarters. By the way, please, I, for all the metric snobs out there, I don't know why we do everything in metric. It's ridiculous. I can't believe people have to jump at 11, 11, three quarters or 14, 11 or whatever. All of like all the way up, it, this happens. And then also for all you, well, metric, that's how the, yeah. Okay. Um, do you know your steps in metric or feet and inches? I would love to know, please. Some, I, I will take it back. If you use a metric tape measure for your run, sure. Go more power to you. But anyway, so she, you're practicing with Kendra, who is like, I don't know what you think, but she's like a Terminator. I, I swear. I told her brother, I've never seen Kendra upset at practice. I've never, I cannot recall. I mean, like, obviously, like, I remember when she was a freshman and she only jumped eight, six as a freshman in high school and like. You know, but she's never had a practice where I was like, oh my God, that was God awful. I don't know what happened to her today, but this, no, it was always kind of like just chipping away, like steady progress. And you practice with Kendra and I feel like you got lit up. Like she really like, she looked good. She looked good. How did you feel after that practice? That was the practice where I think she was jumping for like 45 minutes after me because yeah. I just did not have a good day. Yeah. So I cut it early and lifted. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think you had, a, you had a fine day and I told you it was better than practice before. But it was not Kendra's practice. No, it was not Kendra's practice. But what, do you remember what you said to me after you finished? You're very upset. I've never seen you this upset at practice, by the way. Oh. You almost started crying. I do remember, but I don't remember what I said. So, I mean, you said to me, you were like, I think I messed up. And I'm like, what do you mean? So I didn't lift. That was it, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you had a couple practices where like, they just, you know, weren't up to par. You may have cut out on lifting, you, you know, it was like a few practices. Yeah. I had missed like two practices and then I didn't lift on two practices. And I was like, right. I screwed up. Yeah. Like I messed up the last two weeks and you know, what I had said to you was, I was like, listen, like, I don't have a time machine. 
we can't go back in time. I do remember this. Exact yeah. And, and what I said to you, I was like, look, like, you know, we can't fix the last two weeks. If you feel like you took your foot off the gas pedal or maybe felt a little too overconfident after jumping 12, one, you know, um, that's, that's something that you have to learn from now. But like, all you could do now is like today was better than your Thursday practice because it was a Sunday. And I'm like, you got to make sure Tuesday's better than today and Thursday's better than Tuesday and just keep trying to get better every week going forward. And that's all we could focus on. You can find to, you said, I think you said something along the lines. You can fine tune what you have now or you can let it all. Right. All go. Yeah. You could just give up. We could always, if we get upset, we could just give up, but that doesn't fix the problem, you yeah. know? And, and I, I think this is where it's like also from a coaching perspective, like Ellie, you have no idea. Like maybe a little bit, but like you have no idea. Like if this was like five, 10 years ago, I would have been very unreasonable that day. I would not have been a good coach. Because <laughs> like, I, I, I would have probably like lost my shit. I would have been like, I knew it. Like, you got to be training harder. Da, 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 da. I, I would, if you thought you were upset that Sunday, yeah, I would have pushed the buttons even more, you know? And the thing is, like, I think this is where as coaches, we have to learn that these, you know, again, it's like cliche and corny. Like, these are the teachable moments. You know what I mean? Like, where... Now, and you know, and I've been thinking about this for weeks now since that, that day is this is where it's a learning opportunity for you. And one, I already saw you were upset. I don't need to make you more upset. I need to, I need to make you feel better so that you continue working hard and try to salvage what you can, you know, which I, th I think we did, you know, and I, and I think all things considered the injury she dealt with, the months that she couldn't jump, everything that she did. I think one PR and jumping 12, one from a five is huge. That's a good sign for the future for, for her. Then placing second and not just placing second, but you had some clutch jumps. Like we just outlaid, she almost missed 11. She did that third attempt. Then I you, and you cleared 12 third attempt. That's clutch. You went from, you jumped from like whatever, fifth or sixth, all the way up to second. Would I have loved to see you win? Sure. Would you, would you have loved to win? Yes. And I've got a story about how much she cares about winning in a minute. But like, hey, th that was awesome. Now, what I think the bigger takeaway from this, and I've been thinking about this since Saturday, what to tell you, you know, is in life, sometimes we have a window of opportunity for things, right? Like you have a window of opportunity. And that window of opportunity never comes back. Right. Like you're not going to be at high school States next Ever, year. Yeah. yeah. Like that was it. That's all she wrote. Now. I mean, in a perfect world, you would have lived in New Jersey all four years. And in a perfect world, COVID didn't happen. <laughs> in a perfect world, I would be six foot four. No, but, <laughs> but anyway, so it's like, sure. I would have loved to have more time coaching you. You know what I mean? But we have these windows of opportunity. And we have choices to make during those windows of opportunity. So for people that are listening and listen, you, you were good with a lot of stuff, but there are kids who maybe they have prom, go down prom weekend, 
maybe they go to this party, that party at the end of the year because it's senior year. And then it's like, and then you jump like garbage at me chance, which you did not jump like garbage at all. But like, there's people that make those choices. And it's like, you have that small window of opportunity. Now you may look back and be like, ah, maybe those two weeks, if I, you know, like, okay. But this is what I'm going to say. Because she's going to Williams next year, division three. She got a 12-1 PR. Certainly you have four years. Certainly. Make it to D3 Nationals. Make it. Better be an All-American at least one time. At least. At least one time. At least. And if you really bust your ass, if this is something you're interested in, it's definitely possible four years to be a national champ. This year, 12-11-1. Right? Depending on the year. Now, if you get a string of years, because it's possible, D3 has done this, where you get like, there's like 13-6, 13-9, 14-foot girls, that's going to be a little bit tougher. But still, I don't think out of the question. It's not crazy. Because you got four years. People don't understand. When you have a four-year block. I've only been here for like a year and a half. Right. And when you have a four-year block, do you know how much you could transform your body? How much better your technique can get? You know? And, and then, I mean, you're certainly a gamer, right? So just to tell you a story, this is hysterical. So remember. During that like four or five month period, no jumping, she had one practice before state sectionals indoors. Cause this is before we got the MRI, MRI result on your ankle saying that, I mean, the doctor thought it was the beginning of a stress fracture. I tend to believe it was the end, but regardless, whatever it was, there, there was, or was going to be a stress fracture in the ankle. Before we find out, we go, we go to sectionals. So I'd have the chance to continue competing yeah. if I wanted to. Right, right, right. If, if, if there was opportunity and then, you know, whatever. So I was at sectionals all weekend, you know what I mean? Because it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Tom's River Bubble in New Jersey, right? And at the Tom's River Bubble, you can only wear one-eighth inch spikes. You can't wear quarters. Me, knowing kind of like just everything I've been through, Definitely people are going to be watching my athletes, whether they're wearing the right spikes. And me knowing that Ellie's never been in Tom's River before, I'm like, I know she doesn't know this. And she's going to show up with quarters. And then it's going to be a hassle. At sec- We're going to be like running, scrambling to get the right spikes in. So I text her on Saturday. I'm like, hey, make sure you have one in spikes. Ask your coach. She texts him back. Okay. I'm like, hey, how does your ankle feel? She goes, not too good. <laughs> Do you remember why it didn't feel good? Oh, because I played volleyball. Oh my goodness. Like, listen, I get this. And I know how competitive she is. Yeah. She had had gym on Friday and she's like, I, I made a mistake. She goes, I played volleyball in gym. I didn't tell my gym teacher about my ankle. I'm like, man, this girl wants to win so bad. She has to spike some girl in volleyball the Friday before sectional. She couldn't take volleyball off on Friday. I was like, I was like, this is unbelievable, but this is so Ellie. Right. So anyway, so now it's Sunday. She comes down to sectionals and we had talked. We're like, we're going to do a three, maybe a four, maybe. Okay. So she's doing warmups. She's doing her threes. And if I'm being honest, I was kind of like, she's not really moving the poles that well. Like we might need to go to a four to jump anything decent. So I go to her, I'm like, Hey, like you want to try a four? No, no verbal response. She just kind of gave me that look like, like that. And I'm like, yeah. I guess her foot hurts a lot. I'm like, all right, let's, we'll just stay at it. It's not a big deal. 
What, what now? Why don't you tell after that? What, what happens after that? I think I opened at nine. Yes. And I cleared nine. Yeah. First 10. And then I wanted to talk to Bronco about going back to a four. Right. But wait, wait, wait. We jumped at nine, six first. You blew through. You said, you said, let's just clear the next bar first. Oh, you said that there. Okay. So okay. then, so then I went and I cleared nine, six. Second attempt. After second attempt. Through, yeah. And I was like, Bronco, do you think I could beat this girl? Cause there was only, it was me and one girl left. Yeah. I was like, Bronco, do you think I can beat this girl? She was like from a three. I'm like, it's going to be tight. Like you can go tight. 10, maybe 10, six, but that girl jumps 11. And I was like, from a four, should we go back to a four? And I was like, well, does your foot hurt? And you're like, can I win? And I'm like, no, no, this is not how this works. Like your foot either hurts or doesn't hurt, regardless of the fact of whether you can win or not. So, I mean, very, very competitive person. So that's why, you know, I tell you, you have four years now, division three college. I mean, definitely all American. You got to be all American. I got it. I'll be disappointing you. I'm not. <laughs> You're not going to disappoint me. I might be sad, but, I, you know, I just want you to do whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you, you could definitely be all American. That's for sure. You know, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I guess like for everybody, that was just a recap uh, synopsis. If you get hurt, you got to keep training somehow. Whatever doesn't hurt, you got to keep training that. You got to slowly start doing the stuff that did hurt once it doesn't hurt. Um, and even now, I mean, we were just talking about stuff that you need to start doing, you know, to make the foot feel better, ankle yep. feel better, you know. Um, are there any closing statements you would like to add, Ellie? Train harder. Train harder. Yeah, that's good advice. You should train harder. <laughs> Um, and remember, train harder means a lot of different things. Maybe you need to focus on technique more. You you can't go on autopilot during practice, as well, I said. got very quiet those last two weeks before states at practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were very focused. Yeah. And then there's like the physical training. Then there's the nutrition. You got to make sure nutrition's on point. As I discussed before, sleep is important, you know. And I think being competitive is important. So I guess don't train harder, train different. Well, yeah, but it's harder. It's it all, harder. it's all harder. And, and I, and I think being competitive is important. Like we talked about today because guys, I know everybody loves saying, Oh, pole vault's so great. Cause you don't really compete against anybody. You just, it's you versus the bar. No, no. The whole, why are you trying to jump higher? Why? Cause you want to win the meet. And listen, why don't you slow-mo some of those videos you have? I'm sure you're going to see some of your competitors begrudgingly clapping sometimes when you clear the bar or psyched when you miss. Yeah. yeah. Some whooping and hollering when I missed 12, yeah, six yeah, yeah. the last time. Yeah. Which, Hey, listen, I get it. I, I'd be hooting and hollering if you cleared it and I've been going crazy. Right. So I definitely want to win. And I think it's important that you understand that. And I think, I guess my closing statement about this talk is my biggest thing. Like, listen, I'm glad you know, that you jump what you jump and that you, you're competitive. But what I'm most hopeful for is that you took the lessons of this like hard work, sacrifice and discipline that you can now apply to the rest of your life. Cause that's, what's really important at the end of the day. I mean, like, look, not everybody's gonna be a professional pole vaulter and even people who are professional pole vaulters, are only professional pole vaulters for a short amount of time. And they do not make the money that an NFL or NBA player makes. Yep. 
not going to be making $300 million as a professional pole vaulter, right? Um, so it's like, you got to learn these life skills. And I know sometimes we think about skills in a very specific way, like the skill of takeoff, you know, or I know how to computer program, but that idea of like sacrifice, discipline, you know, those are important skills. You can apply that to everything in life. All right. Um, again, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please share it with a friend. Please subscribe on YouTube. It's just Apex Vaulting is our channel. Or you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Um, leave a review. Leave a comment. Um, follow us on Instagram at The Real Apex Vaulting. Apex Vaulting on Facebook and Twitter. And um, any comments or questions, please email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Thanks for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Bye.